Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name's Jackie Lewis, and today I have with me Melanie McGrice from Nutrition Plus. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming in. I'm so excited to interview you. I always wanted to hear more about your specialist area of fertility and weight loss surgery and nutrition. So thanks for joining us. You've had about 20 years of experience in this area, haven't you? I have. You're making me sound old. <laughs> I like You're... to keep that a secret. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I graduated from uni when I was about 12. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a few, huh? only a few people in the world have done that, so good on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. I know. And so you're based in Melbourne and you've got your own uh, practice down there and you're, what, what led you to specialise in the weight loss surgery and fertility area? Yeah. Well, I really specialised in weight loss surgery first, then went on to specialise in fertility and pregnancy and early life nutrition. And so um, I think it's just when clients who have had bariatric surgery need a dietitian, um, they'll often reach out to me because I've got that background in bariatric surgery. Yeah, it's a great combination. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I've always loved private practice and the counselling side of things. Um, I love working with people to help them get results. And I think both bariatric surgery is really about helping clients to get tangible results, as is fertility and pregnancy. You know, you can really very clearly see the changes, like you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant yeah, type of thing. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, and so I personally find that really rewarding. the other? Is it patients coming to you who are struggling to get pregnant and who are carrying extra weight then do they go down the path of the bariatric surgery or do they come to you after surgery and um, they're ready to kind of tweak their health and find their path to fertility Uh, there is a little bit of both um, but probably the most common these days is people who have previously had bariatric surgery um, and then they're coming to see me now for fertility or pregnancy advice and do you see a different success rate between before surgery and after Um, it does depend on the individual Um, so I guess I'm seeing a lot of people who are struggling to conceive and so that's why they'd be coming to see me I do certainly see people though who particularly those who have had bariatric surgery who are just wanting to make sure that they're as healthy as possible before trying to conceive, which I think is an excellent, excellent idea because often after such a major type of operation, people do have a range of nutritional deficiencies and um, and, and there's a lot that we can often improve in terms of their nutrient health before getting pregnant. And as I say to all of my clients, we have to remember that the egg and the sperm are your baby's genetic, like they're your baby's genetics. And so you really want your eggs and your sperm to be as healthy as possible before even trying to conceive because it, it makes a huge difference for our, for the baby in the future. Yeah, absolutely. For the long t- longer term as well. Mm. What do you and see? Particularly, um, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say for particularly people who have had bariatric surgery, in the past like obviously they've got those types of genetics that make it easier to gain weight as it is and so that's why it's particularly important for for people who've had bariatric surgery Mm. I think and Mm. is there a link between your weight when you are carrying a baby 
and the, that child's um, likelihood of obesity in the future. Yeah, there really is. But it's interesting because that can very much be changed throughout uh, trying to conceive and pregnancy. Mm. So, it, um, and this is where, like, why I get so passionate about it is because it's not necessarily a, geni- a genetic link as an epigenetic link. So what that means is that, to put it, I guess, in more simplistic terms, is that if a woman is a healthy weight but gains too much weight during her pregnancy, then her baby will be at risk of struggling with weight in the future. But if you have a woman who is overweight um, at conception but gains the right amount of weight during pregnancy, which is actually unusual, then her baby has a much less chance of being overweight in the future. So it actually has more to do with the amount of weight gain during pregnancy and also the dad's weight as he can see, like as he, as he provides the sperm and that has a really big impact upon uh, the baby's health and then also diet. So for both mum and dad um, has a really big impact upon the baby's future weight. So there's lots of factors involved. Oh, we know so much now, don't we? It's really interesting that we can actually come up with this evidence. What do you think is the role of the microbiome in that sort of scenario, sort of during pregnancy and after birth? Yeah, well, the research is certainly showing that it does play a role. Um, And I think there's more and more research now looking into the the microbiome and its role in things like baby's future weight, but also their brain health and uh, all of these different um, issues in terms of the, the baby's future health, their immune system and so forth. So it definitely plays a role, but it's not the only factor as well. Mm. Like our whole bodies are just so um, interconnected. Like they have so much of a domino effect, all of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And so when a woman is carrying more than the ideal amount of weight, what are the limitations that present um, when it comes to falling pregnant? What, what gets in the way of healthy conception? Um, well, there's three, well, actually probably four big considerations. So the first is the health of a woman's egg. And we know that when a woman is carrying extra body fat, and even if she um, is a healthy BMI but has a high percentage of body fat, that still has an impact upon the, the fluid surrounding her eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the inflammation of those eggs, and we call it um, disorganized DNA. So the chromosomes inside the eggs are actually affected by those high levels of body fat. Right. So that's the first one. The second one is on um, menstrual cycles and ovulation. And a lot of people don't realize that body fat, it doesn't just sit there and do nothing, but one of the roles of body fat is actually that it can help to produce estrogen. Mm. So when uh, women have high levels of body fat, and same thing with men, um, it, it means that our bodies often uh, produce too much um, estrogen and that can then impact the regularity of our ovulation, which can make it more difficult to conceive. Thirdly, it impacts upon implantation. So when the, so when if you actually get a sperm to meet an egg, um, they be joined together to become an embryo and that embryo then needs to implant into the woman's uterus. And again, if, if a woman has um, high levels of body fat, that can yeah, increase inflammation and make it more difficult for that embryo to implant. And then fourthly is that unfortunately women who have more than their, their healthy um, amount of weight have a higher risk of miscarriage. Um, right. And so... And that's for a whole range of reasons, but one of the biggest ones um, is that uh, is that when we have more body fat, um, we often need larger amounts of 
some micronutrients because you know we've, we've got a bigger body and mm. so um, those micronutrients need to be distributed across a greater volume of tissues um, and so if you're just taking a standard supplement sometimes that's not adequate amounts for your mm. baby fascinating and so is there a magic number when it comes to bmi that seems to be the key to this optimal fertility in women um well one thing that um your audience might be interested to know is that the a healthy bmi for conception is actually higher than a standard healthy bmi um so we often talk about a healthy bmi being between 18.5 and 25 um, and it seems to be that it's more like 20 to 29 or even 22 to 29 that seems to be um, healthier for conception mm. so yeah there is still a bit of debate about that within the academic community but uh yeah, you certainly don't need to be getting down to really tiny weights um, when it comes to conception. I know I see some clients who, who, yeah, who have had troubles trying to conceive and, and they're trying to get their weight down to nothing. And I'm mm. like, well, actually, you're, that's not the goal here. It's more no. about optimising your nutrition than getting your weight down to nothing. And that's the same thing. That's that starvation mode, like that's protecting the human race, I suppose, is when a woman's weight does become too low fertility is one of the first things to shut down because oh, absolutely and that can get food around and um you know should we be bringing the body will kind of register that and look at it as a threat situation of should we bring a child into the world where there's no food <laughs> absolutely and look that can definitely be a problem for, for women who have had previous bariatric surgery and are struggling to be able to consume the amount of nutrition that they need to so yeah sometimes that's a role and so sometimes we actually have to work on increasing their calories and increasing their nutritional intake yeah absolutely the demands are so much higher and just on that, which um, are there certain nutrients that um, weight loss surgery patients really need to keep an eye on or boost during pregnancy? Um, there are quite a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, just to give you a couple of examples. Um, so I think, first of all, folic acid is really important or a lot of people know it as folate. So um, folic acid, most prenatal or preconception multivitamins um, will have about 400 micrograms of uh, folic acid in, in it. The research for people who have got, uh, like who are in that overweight or obese category, they actually need between one to five grams per day. Wow. So significantly Significant, more. Significant, isn't that Yeah. Um, and that's without taking bariatric surgery into consideration. Mm. And so um, for somebody who'd had bariatric surgery, would probably be up that higher um, end towards the five grams. Yeah. Um, but that's where for my clients who have had bariatric surgery, I wouldn't just be guessing. I'd be wanting to ask their doctor to test their folate levels on a blood test um, and then uh, prescribe their dose of folic acid much more appropriately. Yeah. And do you um, think there's enough weight on, you know, just how critical this is after you've had surgery such as sleeve or bypass do you think there's enough um, understanding or enough um, focus on the nutritional needs of the woman 
because of her surgery, but also to make sure she's, you know, providing enough for herself as well as this growing baby. No, not at all. (laughs) And I don't think it's just a, it's not just for clients who have had bariatric surgery either. I think as a community, there's just not enough people going to see a dietitian when it comes to fertility and pregnancy. You know, the first dozen days, as we were talking earlier, is setting up the genetic for, or yeah, the the genetic predisposition for your baby for their whole rest of their life. And there is so much that a dietitian can do in this state. And I think most doctors, because they're not aware of the impact, um, they're starting to become aware, but a lot aren't aware of just how big a role nutrition plays in this space, um, aren't really uh, referring enough to dietitians yet. And often they'll be referred to a fertility specialist, yes. which is great. But yeah, often people are going straight for IVF without... Yeah when there's so much that could be done naturally. Yeah, totally. And then even if they do the IVF and the substrates are not there, they're nutritionally deficient and they're, you know, exactly kind of load up on more estrogen, <laughs> more hormones. I don't know how their plan is to make another human when the nutrients just simply aren't on deck. That's right. Yeah. I think, you know, we're all a bit biased in our area of expertise and <laughs> surgeons love, like, think surgery is the answer for everything and fertility specialists think IVF is the answer for everything and dietitians think that food is the answer for everything. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the more that you know about something, the more passionate you become about it. But uh, mm. I definitely think that, that uh, nutrition and diet should be playing a bigger role in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And so, is there something you would suggest for women who are trying to fall pregnant and who are not seeing that positive result on the pregnancy test? Um, well, yeah, first of all is that I would really encourage them to go and see a fertility dietitian because um, particularly, you know, a lot of uh, women who have gone down the path of bariatric surgery um, have had have or have had um, insulin resistance and polycystic ovarian syndrome and mm. and those types of conditions that have a really big impact upon fertility. And there's a lot that can be done with both diet and nutritional supplements to help optimize either. So usually on a fertility journey, people tend to first point they'll try for a little bit then they'll go and see their gp um their gp might at that point either put them onto some type of what's called ovulation induction medications to help make their cycles more regular or they might refer them to a fertility specialist who would do that and it's really interesting if you look at the research the first thing that jumps out to me is that uh the research shows that weight management has a huge impact on success of of ovulation induction medications working and yet you know often we'll see people go uh yep okay that didn't work skip right to the the next stage without actually having a look at that role of weight management in there yes so again i just think that um, if you are somebody who's trying to conceive going in and um, maybe just saying to your to your doctor i'd like to speak to a dietitian considering i've had bariatric surgery or you know i've had some i've got pcos or whatever and mm-hmm. and it's important to know that if you have pcos in particular so polycystic ovarian syndrome you're actually entitled to rebate through medicare being a dietitian as well so and there are things that some people you know we're just not aware of what's exactly. available and we're, and sometimes where to go when these sorts of things are happening so it is generally straight to the gp and then it's up to them you know for their first port of call so it's um it's good to do your homework and sort of see the different facets of this big picture to see what's at work as well and um, what the best 
sort of way forward might be. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think is happening when women who have had weight loss surgery or who are losing weight, what is the change that must be present for them to actually fall pregnant? It's really individualised depending mm. upon the client. I mean, you know, making a baby, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, you know, you spend so many years trying not to get pregnant yeah. and then... Uh, <laughs> And then when you look into fertility, oh, my goodness, you see how complex it is. It's an absolute miracle, miracle that anybody gets pregnant. Is. <laughs> there's just so many factors involved. Um, and so there's so many things that can go wrong as well. Mm. And that's where it's not just about, okay, well, everybody take this one particular supplement or everybody do this yeah, one particular right. thing. It really is so individualised mm. and yeah like if i saw a hundred clients every one of them i think would have a different prescription slightly different isn't yeah. it incredible how different we all are and just those different oh. um you know things that are in place do you think inflammation plays a key role in the infertility or the excess of estrogen and clearance and um just overall um, function of the endocrine system so yeah so, so both of those um, <laughs> yeah. have very big roles um and yeah definitely uh yeah so definitely inflammation um and particularly clients who who are overweight uh, tend to have chronic levels of inflammation, um, which then, like I was saying earlier, has an impact on inflammation around the eggs um, and has an level has an impact on inflammation around our uterus as well. So inflammation has a huge role. Um, and then in terms of um, high levels of estrogen, yes, um, so that can increase risk of fibroids and it can increase risk of endometriosis. So it can impact upon our cycle as well. So yeah, they're both two really big components. Um, yeah, they are a huge, there are large presence in the weight loss surgery com community as well. The endometriosis, PCOS, um, fibroids kind of picture. And just on that, like after surgery, it's recommended that women do actually wait before they fall pregnant for up to 18 months. What's the thinking behind that? So a couple of things. Um, so first of all, it tends to be the first 18 months when women are losing the greatest amount of weight, not just losing the greatest amount of weight, but tend to have the most dietary restriction. So their nutritional intake during that 18 months tends to be quite low and they, they're still, yeah, having that weight loss and healing from the surgery and so forth. So, yeah, if you can wait 18 months, which is sometimes really difficult to do when you're busting to have a baby Absolutely. And, and you know that that clock is ticking particularly, <laughs> then it can be a good idea to to uh, wait if possible. And, look, one thing that people could consider if they are sort of heading towards their mid-30s or over that mark um, and planning to have bariatric surgery because you might even consider having some eggs um, frozen before mm. going for your bariatric surgery and then at least you've got some put aside um, and not to say that you necessarily need to use them you might like to use the ones after bariatric surgery because they may be healthier but at least um, at least then you've got some younger eggs put aside um, can be a good thing which can it then take actually. some of that time pressure away yeah I think and then it gives you that chance to actually give your body the full recovery that it needs and then yeah. start with a um, clean slate that's on the rise, do you think, the, the women who are kind of planning ahead and um, freezing eggs? Definitely, mm. definitely, particularly with so many 
women these days um, studying for a million years like I did and (laughs) and leaving it too late. Uh, So, uh, yeah, and, yeah, just wanting to focus on your careers too much Mm. and so forth. So, uh, yeah, it does tend to be what happens in our society. I think it's, um, I mean, that's the sign of technology and how we can use it to our advantage in a lot of ways. I think that's, um, you know, 30 years ago with that that wasn't an option and it gives women that second chance in a lot of ways as well which is obviously fantastic it does but Mm. i think we also need to be careful that it does give women a bit of a false sense of Mm. security as well because you know you can freeze your eggs and 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 so then sort of you might go and think oh well i don't have anything to worry about because i've got those eggs frozen and so you, you then take your time um and Although it is a, a good security blanket, it's not as, as safe as actually just getting pregnant at a younger yeah. age. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, from my personal perspective, it would be great if we could change things and, and in our culture and start having babies at a younger age again. But, yeah, I don't like my it chances. Seems, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems to be moving up the scale rather than down, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about women and our role in, mm. you know, maintaining healthy weight and doing the best things we can for our health prior to pregnancy what role does the male's health play oh huge role (laughs) huge huge role (laughs) um yeah it it definitely is 50 50 um and it's interesting so more time (laughs) (laughs) um when it comes to infertility uh, so couples who can't conceive actually 30 percent is attributed to female fertility 30 percent is attributed to male fertility another 30 percent is attributed to both um, and 10% is unknown. Right. Yeah. So uh, so male's um, health has a, a big role in infertility, but it also has a, like I was saying, it has a really big role um, on the future health of the baby. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, men need to be really looking at their health and dietary intake uh, prior to planning conception as well. And it's their weight as well as their consumption of, say, different foods, maybe alcohol, what sort of impacts do, say, their lifestyle factors and, say, diet and which particular nutrients would you say would need to be present for the men for their um, good reproductive health? Yeah, so, again, all of those things. Um, So weight has a really big impact both on sperm health um, and then also on the future uh, weight of your baby. So weight does pl- definitely play a role. Um, alcohol, again, has a really big impact on sperm health. And mm-hmm. so uh, I kind of always joke that women have to go for nine months during pregnancy without alcohol. So men should be going for, without alcohol for nine months prior to conception. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it probably doesn't quite have to be nine months, but it should be at least three months. Uh, That's because- a cycle like a you know a sperm yeah. cycle or an egg cycle isn't it which we're That's trying to right. sort of produce that new healthier structure and and also strong robust dna in that sperm. exactly mm. that's right and so and alcohol has a, a really big impact on that sperm health and again the future health of your baby so i was reading some really interesting research um, actually, this was more about women than men, but it was saying that there was a link between um, even just low dose alcohol intake during pregnancy and and anxiety in the next generation. Wow, that's um, interesting. And so, you know, people tend to worry about 
the really obvious things like getting really drunk and having um, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome and so mm-hmm. forth. But it's all these little things, these chronic things where this um, early life nutrition can have a huge impact. So, yeah, so alcohol definitely. And then eating a nutritious diet um, obviously has a, a really big impact as well. Um, you were asking about supplements for men. And I do think that that's particularly important for men who have had bariatric surgery again, mm. because um, often in clients who've had bariatric surgery will see deficiencies of things such as we were talking before about folate, but also their iron levels or B12 levels, omega-3, things like that, that all have a really big impact on sperm health um, and then the next generation, even things as basic as vitamin C. So you really want to be making sure that when you're planning to conceive that you're getting a really thorough blood screen Mm. um, and then getting just really trying to, for both men and women, really trying to... um, get all of your bloods looking really healthy before actually trying Mm, absolutely and that i think is the key too is a lot of there's a lot of information on the internet and you know things we should try if we're trying to conceive i've even seen the seed like taking seeds on different days yeah and all that sort of stuff so i mean we have so much information at our fingertips but i really don't think we can stress enough the importance of a really good set of bloods and a tailored program which is where you know, your role comes in, fertility nutritionist or dietitian, to really tailor the supplementation to that person's results rather than that hit and miss approach of I've heard zinc is good for pregnancy or I've heard this and that, Um, Mm. particularly when you've got the risk of malnutrition and malabsorption from the surgery in the first place. So I think it's really important. And um, a lot of people just seem to take the attitude of, well, the more supplements I take, the better. And Mm. that actually isn't true either because a lot of supplements uh, actually compete with one another, as you would know. Um, So, for example, zinc and copper, Mm. um, you know, they're both competing for the same receptors. And so if you're taking too much copper, then that's going to automatically impact on your zinc levels. And so, yeah, it is about really getting the right things for the right person. I see that sometimes in patients who are taking the BN multi but also taking like a hair, skin and nails for the hair loss issues that are related to bariatric surgery. And sometimes that can happen is when they're just randomly adding in that extra supplement, it can start to knock other nutrients out. So it is something to be aware of. Um, mm. What sort of resources do you could you suggest for to help couples educate themselves on being their best picture of health before conceiving? Yeah, um, well, probably one of the best resources uh, is that I've got a YouTube channel called mm. Nourish with Melanie, um, and on there I've got uh, like well over a hundred now. Um, just little five-minute videos answering different questions about fertility and pregnancy. Oh, um, so. Yeah, and I add to that, we put, post a new one every week. So it's everything from which are the best nuts to be eating for conception to um, how do I, what's some tips on treating morning sickness, <laughs> sort of everything Such that you can think range. of when it comes to fertility and pregnancy nutrition. So Great. I'll put that yeah. in the show notes too. So um, all of your resources will be available on the Australian Weight Loss Surgery podcast website in the show notes so that, um, yeah, it gives everybody access to your wealth of information that you've worked so hard on um, producing and I've been watching closely. It's fantastic. Mm, fantastic. Thank you so much. That's I appreciate that. 
And do you have anything else on a parting note you'd really like to stress as far as, um, you know, good health and nutrition before and before conception and during pregnancy goes? Just, no, I think I, I've really kind of already played my case a, a fair bit. But, yeah, just I, I would really encourage um, anybody listening that if you are thinking about having a baby or even if you're thinking about yeah, freezing your eggs we were talking about before or you know it's a really good time to be going and seeing a dietitian whether you're if you're already seeing a bariatric dietitian maybe ask them about it or if you want to see a dietitian who really specializes in fertility and pregnancy i've got a website nutritionplus.com.au um, and i train other dietitians in this space now so um, you can find some dietitians who specialize in this area on that website. And um, are you doing yeah. like Zoom consults and is it yeah is everyone able to access you around Australia? Yep, and around Yay. the world these days. Yes. The world is very small. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yes, I do do Zoom consults and uh, on social media on Instagram and Facebook mm. as well. So I'm not hard to find if no. anybody. <laughs> yeah, feel free to reach out. TV too, don't you? I do here and there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah. It's always good to see you. So thank you. I think we've really opened up that idea of just how important this um, nutritional considerations are before and after surgery for pregnancy and um, mainly for the health of your baby in the, in the longer term but also just for um, safe pregnancy and successful full-term pregnancies as well. Well thank you so much for having me I really thank appreciate you. it yeah, and best wishes getting pregnant everybody. <laughs> I'm sure you'll hear all about it Mel. <laughs> thank you thanks for your time I'll see you soon. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.